Well, today we got something special for you. Pastor Brett has a fresh message called Scattered Saints. And so get your notebooks open, get your Bibles open, get ready. And here we go. Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. I don't know what time you're joining us, but we are so honored that you're spending a part of your Sunday with us online as a part of our special Sunday service broadcast. I also want to say hello to our friends in Saskatchewan and Manitoba who are joining this broadcast. It's an honor and a privilege to have you with us today. My name is Brett. I'm the lead pastor of West Edmonton Christian Assembly and the Engage Network. And today we are uh, adapting uh, as we're coming to terms with uh, the emerging pandemic crisis. Uh, we as a church have an opportunity to shift. And I think sometimes when we have to shift, we get a little bit nervous about our shifts. We get nervous when we have to change things up. We get nervous when we deviate from our regularly scheduled programming. But uh, as often as we get nervous and worried about those things, I think it's an opportunity for us to rise. It's an opportunity for us to pivot. It's an opportunity, uh, if you think about it this way, you could say, oh, uh, there's an enemy strike against us that the enemy of our souls is saying, hey, the church cannot gather. And that may be true. But what is also true is that the Lord is repositioning the global church in one fell swoop. In one moment, he's repositioning the church to reach a whole new group of people in a whole new way. He's causing us to rethink our strategies, rethink our tactics, reframe our approach. And he, that we have an opportunity to rise and respond, to reach people that need to be reached and to be a shining light of hope in the midst of what feels like darkness. Today, I wanna to share a message with you called Scattered Saints. And before we go any further, I wanna thank our team. It takes an army uh, to pull off a Sunday live and it takes an army to pull off a Sunday online and it seems simple and easy if it seems simple and easy our team did an amazing job if this seems hard we still did an amazing job <laughs> hey we're going to jump into uh, the word we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1 verse 2 you can follow along with me I'm predominantly reading out of the New Living Translation but we'll be jumping around a little bit today Colossians 1 verse 2 to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ let's jump over to 1 Peter 1 1 Peter 1 verse 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I don't know if I said any of those names correctly, but I'm attempting. I'm trying. I'm trying. Let's jump over now to James chapter 1, verse 1. You, you notice we're looking at some openings. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Greetings. And I say to you, everyone online at home at a watch party, shout out to Barhead, Onaway, Stony Plain, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, West Edmonton, North Edmonton, South Edmonton, even East Edmonton. Thanks for joining us. Greetings today. As we think about these three verses to open, what you will notice is that the writers were addressing different groups of believers that were scattered at different times. If you think about the early church, you go all the way back when they were all gathered in Jerusalem, right at the very beginning of what we would understand to be modern day Christianity, the early church, you know, Acts chapter two, they're all gathered in Jerusalem and all of a sudden intense persecution happens. 
like so intense, Nero starts persecuting at a level where they would take Christians, tar, feather them, and then light them on fire as streetlights just for being a follower of Jesus. What happened from that moment is that the believers begin to scatter across the known world. They began to scatter from place to place, from house to house, from city to city. Instead of being concentrated in, in one batch, they were scattered. We could call them the scattered saints. The word saints is, I think, a word that sometimes in uh, evangelical Christianity we, we avoid because we're like, we, we don't do the whole saints thing. But saints simply means people that are set apart. Set apart. We are saints. We are set apart for the plans and purposes of God and the earth. We are today the scattered saints. We're used to being the gathered saints. But the Lord is repositioning us as followers of Jesus to become scattered saints. In the same way that he did it 2,000 years ago with the early church gathered in one place. He said, now we're going to scatter you so that the message and the hope of Jesus cannot be stuck in four walls, but so that the presence of Jesus can permeate every neighborhood, every house, every borough, every community. See, we think we're playing at a disadvantage because we don't get to do things the way we always get to do. I would suggest that the Lord is repositioning us to be beacons of hope for our friends, our neighbors, and for our families. I want us to flip over to Acts, Acts chapter 2. I love, love the book of Acts. It's the very beginning of our movement. Jesus ascends to heaven and, and the disciples and believers are left to figure things out. Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 46 and 47, and I know you're all following along at home in your favorite paper Bible, because there's really no excuse for you not to have brought it to your house with you. <laughs> I mean, and to be honest, though, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give one to you. You can just drop a little comment, drop a little message, and we'll make sure that you have your very own paper Bible. Acts chapter 2, we'll look at verses 46 and 47. They worship together at the temple each day. And they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day he added to their number. Each day he added to their family. Each day he added. <laughs> they met in the temple and that's what we're accustomed to. This is our temple. This is our house. We're used to our spaces and our places and our facilities. But in addition to those places, they met house to house. Here we are in the 21st century pivoting because what has been intended for evil, for the destruction of humanity, God is turning around and saying there's hope in your house. There's hope in your house. Because when we have Jesus, we have hope. We can hold on. We have a confident hope in Jesus. Hebrews 6 says he's a trustworthy anchor for our souls. We can hold on. What I hope that we could understand today is that Jesus is Lord, that he is king, 
And he is the embodiment of hope. We can see this uh, as a community we've been studying, the book of Colossians. And I want to run us through a, a few things. If you've been tracking with us, you would know that the first two chapters of the book of Colossians are the theory. They're the theory that Jesus Christ is king, that Jesus is supreme. The second part, chapters three and four, is the practical outworking. So what we're doing here is we're going back to study the theory of Jesus being king and being supreme. And then Monday through Tuesday, through Wednesday, through Thursday, we're going to start living out the practical reality of Jesus Christ being king of all kings and Lord of all lords. Let's look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1.15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Colossians 1.17 says he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together in my favorite. The next verse, Colossians 1.18, so he is first in everything. I guess the question we have to ask ourselves today is what has first place in my heart today? Is it faith in Jesus Christ King or is it fear? Who's first? What's first? I think it's important for us to understand as a church, as believers, and maybe as someone who's searching today, that Jesus Christ is king. His word says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He's not abandoning us. His shelves are not empty. He's got toilet paper for days. He's got all that we need. He is all sufficient. That even when we're nervous or even when we're afraid or even when we're caught up in the hype and the hysteria that Jesus is first. So he is first in everything. Let's look in uh, Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three. Yeah, we're spending a lot of time in Colossians, but it's just so good. Colossians chapter three, verse one. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hmm. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. What's the reality of heaven in this situation? What's the reality of heaven right now in the midst of this coronavirus scare? What's the reality of heaven in my household as someone gets the sniffles and all of a sudden we're self-quarantining anywhere and everywhere? What's the reality of heaven in the midst of a world that seems like it's losing its mind? What is the reality of heaven? The reality of heaven is that Jesus Christ is King of all kings and Lord of all lords, that he holds us together. He holds the world together and he holds us in his hands. And I get to hold the hand of the one who holds the world. I set my sights on the realities of heaven. Now, I mean, I think sometimes we, you know, if, if we're believers, we're like, listen, do I not have to take measures? No, no, we, we, we're wise. Scripture tells us to be wise, to be good stewards 
and to be wise. So we take precautions. We shift online. But just because we shift online, it doesn't mean that we're not gathering. Nobody said that we're, we're not gathering. We're gathered together right now. There's, there's some of you that are here with me right now. There's many of you that are having friends and family over at your house right now. And if you're not, and I don't know if we're going to be gathering live and in person next week or if we're going to be going online, but I would say if we're going online next week, I'm hoping you're going to invite some neighbors over. I'm hoping you're going to have brunch and that you're going to be watching this while you're eating bacon and you just can't be like, that's so good. And we don't know if you're talking about the bacon or the preaching. (laughs) Because just because we can't do it the way we've always done it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't with us. I can tell you that in the midst of every storm, (laughs) in the midst of every storm, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. And just because there's a storm, it doesn't mean that he's absent. In fact, I would say that in spite of the storm, we discover peace through the presence of Jesus. So it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of us. He's present. He's king. I set my sights on the reality of heaven. Come on, we're the scattered saints. We're the scattered saints. We're scattered to bring hope wherever we go. So what's my default position? Who's first in my life? Is coronavirus first? Or is Jesus first? I'll let that settle for a moment. John 14. Jesus says these words. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The presence of Jesus in the midst of a crisis means that I don't have to be troubled or afraid because I set my sights on the realities of heaven. I set my eyes on Jesus. I'm wise and I'm a good steward of my family and my friends and my home. But I declare the reality of Jesus Christ, the presence of Jesus Christ with me, even now, even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of my worry, even in the midst of my doubt, he is presence. We are the scattered saints and we carry something with us. We can take this a step further. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse seven goes on. Then you will experience God's peace. That's when you experience God's peace. When you don't worry about anything, pray about everything, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I mean, if I was to ask quickly, take a poll in your house, who needs their heart and mind guarded right now? I think it would be unanimous, yeah. I need my, my heart and my mind guarded because I feel like there's some uncertainty and there may be uncertainty in the natural realm. But if I set my eyes on Jesus, set my sights on the realities of heaven, I bring my heart into alignment. I say, Jesus, I put you in front of my fear. I put you in front of my nervousness. I put you in front of the chaos. I put you in front of my panic grocery shop. All of a sudden, a peace begins to settle in. A peace which can't be explained because it doesn't make sense because I should be worried right now. 
I don't want you to feel like I'm not taking things seriously. We're, we're doing this online. <laughs> we're taking this seriously. I just understand that sickness is not my king. I don't chart the direction of my life based on sickness. I chart the course of my life based on the wind and the breath of God in the sails of my heart that carries me forward. So I can take these things seriously. We can take precautions. We can prepare our hearts and our homes and our families. But I'm going to put Jesus first. How do we do that? Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There's concerns because we're not gathering as a body. Ah, but we are the scattered saints. We are the scattered saints. Strategically deployed by the King of Heaven to reach into our communities at the time when they need us most. You could say, but we're shrinking back because we're not gathering. Or I could say, we're shrinking back because we are gathering and we're abdicating our responsibility right where we are. The truth is, your neighbor is freaking out about this more than you are. Your coworker is freaking out about this way more than you are. Why? Because you have the ability to set your sights on the realities of heaven. You have the ability to put your hope and your trust in Jesus and to experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's different than I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Thank God you're there. Thank God you're close. Thank God you're right next door. Thank the Lord Almighty that he knew what was coming and that he said, you know, I'm going to turn this thing into good. And instead of having my gathered saints, I'm going to have the scattered saints carrying hope in the midst of darkness. Ah, Matthew 5, Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. So I've like, I've recently fallen in love with high quality salt. <laughs> I literally order boxes in. Like online, Diamond Crystal, it's like, it's kosher salt. It's at, it has to be one brand. It's amazing. I watched this Netflix documentary and now I'm obsessed with this salt and it makes all the difference in the world. My steaks have never tasted better. Nothing that I cook has tasted better because I've got this salt and it's got a way of extracting the moisture, extracting the flavor out of whatever piece of meat I put it on. You're the salt of the earth. You bring flavor. What kind of flavor am I bringing to my neighborhood? What kind of flavor am I bringing to the office? Am I bringing hope? But what do I do if I've lost my flavor? What do I do if I am afraid? Hmm. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Can I ask you this if you're afraid? Who's first in your heart? It starts here. It starts in our heart. The peace that surpasses all understanding 
happens because we don't worry about anything. We pray about everything. We bring our hearts and our minds into realignment. And then he guards us, our hearts and our minds. You know, the word is filled with the promise. I want to jump to Psalm 112. We're going to look at a couple of verses. These are the promises for people who find their hope in Christ. Psalm 112, verse 4. It says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. So that means in the midst of the dark, because I'm following Jesus, he's turning the lights on. So when I show up into a place that is permeated by darkness, just because I have arrived, Jesus is turning the lights on. So in the midst of darkness, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of pain in my neighborhood, Jesus is turning the lights on because the scattered saints have walked into the room. What, what describes the scattered saints? What describes the scattered saints is that they're generous, compassionate, and righteous. Generous, compassionate, and righteous. What does it mean to be a scattered saint that's generous and compassionate? It means if your neighbor runs out of toilet paper, you go to your basement where you have 34 rolls, <laughs> And you give them two, because your heart says just give them one. But you give them two. <laughs> what does it mean to be generous and compassionate? It means we share what we have. We share our resources with one another. It also means that we share the greatest resource and commodity that we have, which is the confident hope that we have in Jesus. Sometimes to be generous, it means to share my treasure and where my treasure is, is where my heart is and where my heart is, is with Jesus because he is first in everything. I'm okay because he walks with me. I'm okay because he told me it's going to be okay. I'm okay because I can trust in him. I'm okay because I know that there's a purpose in the scattering and that's to take the hope of Jesus to the streets. Some might say church in the wild. Church in the wild. But he doesn't stop there. These are the promises in verse seven. People who put their hope and their faith and their trust in God. They do not fear bad news. Yeah, that's in the Bible. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. Verse eight. They are confident and fearless and face their foes triumphantly. Come on, church, you're confident and you're fearless because you walk with Jesus and he walked with you. I'm confident and I'm fearless because I hold on to the hope that I have found. And I know in my own life that whatever the season, whatever the struggle, whatever the battle that Jesus is with me. So why is this situation any different? I'm going to take precautions. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to use wisdom and I'm going to use discretion. Wow, that was hard to say today. But I confidently hold on to the hope that is found in Jesus. And I understand there's a greater purpose. We're not the gathered saints. We're the scattered saints. And we have an opportunity to invite those who are far from Jesus into our hearts and into our lives. 
we have an opportunity to just help them discover the confident hope that we have found that allows us to face this challenge head on confidently and fearlessly. We are the confident and fearless scattered saints who follow Jesus one step at a time. Because we know that he is with us and he takes all the things that the enemy intended for evil and he turns them into good. We are the scattered saints, fearless and confident, who step outside and say, hey, how can I be your neighbor today? Because my heart, my heart breaks for the things that Jesus' heart breaks for. And because of that, I'm filled with overflowing generosity and compassion. How can I help you today? Do you need toilet paper? <laughs> as we proceed and as we take next steps and we use caution, you're right. I don't know what we're doing next Sunday. But what I do know is that we've got a plan if we go ahead and if we don't go ahead, we've got a plan and we're actively monitoring every channel of correspondence that's available to us, publicly and privately, that we are directly consulting with health officials, with city officials, with the province. We are doing our best to be good stewards of what God has given us, but we confidently move forward saying that the church is not a place, it's a people. We are the people of God. We are the people of God. We're confident and we're fearless. We, today we stand and we declare we are the scattered saints called to bring light in the darkness, fueled by generosity and compassion. That is who we are because that is who he is. We use wisdom and we use discretion. Uh, Proverbs 2.11 says, discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. So what we're doing is we're trying to follow Jesus by following his word and we're using discretion and understanding to guard us as a community. Proverbs 4 says, don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So we're gonna use wisdom and distress. We're gonna use wisdom and discretion to move forward. Our plan is to follow Jesus one step at a time. Can we pray together? Jesus, I'm so thankful that you're with us that you walk with us in every season. I'm so thankful that you haven't abandoned us, that you're right here with us, that we have peace which surpasses all understanding because we hold on to your confident hope. Jesus, we're so thankful for what you're doing in our hearts, and in our lives. Jesus, we are so thankful that you are at work. So we set our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We say, Lord, have your way, have your way. We thank you for wisdom, guidance, and discretion. We put our hearts and our trust in you. We ask that you would come now with your peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Today, if you're watching and if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to invite him into your life, I wanna give you that opportunity right here 
right now. Depending on what platform you're watching on, there's different options for you to select different buttons. And if you click the button that says, I wanna make a decision to follow Jesus, and we wanna walk with you in these next steps. We wanna let you know that you too can walk in a confident hope, that you too can live a fearless life full of faith as we follow Jesus one step at a time.